Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Hey, I'm Sarah. When people asked me and my husband, Matthew, about our birth plans, our answer was simple. We're doing it at home. So this is a podcast all about our home birth journey. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Sarah, and with me is my beast mode of a husband, Matthew, Matthew Bivens. I like that. I say that because it's a new year. This is actually the first time we've recorded together um, just one-on-one, not an interview in 2017. Yeah. So for the year, we like to set the intention of a year, uh, a word for the year, and Matthew chose beast mode. Yes, I did. What'd you choose? uh, I chose value. Value is my word for the year. So total side note and tangent, if you are interested in learning what the heck beast mode is and why he chose that as a word, you can check out Matthew's other podcast called Having It All. Uh, And that is also on iTunes. So you can check that out and learn what the heck that means and how it ties into his life. Thank you for the plug, baby. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> We've been watching a lot of British films recently. So I've, You I've, have? I have, yeah. I've been watching like British, Bridget Jones and, well, we watched Pirates the other night. I don't consider Love that a British actually. film. Well, there's a lot of British accents in it. Okay, yeah. All right, it's not a British film. That was dumb. But accents. So, okay. hello, puppet. Yep. So, yeah. All right. Well, before we get into today's topic, there's something I wanted to share I thought it'd be cool at the beginning of, of episodes where we record together to share something that either of us found throughout the week online and in the interwebs or we heard in another podcast around birth or home birth. Just something cool to share like this just in or this is going on in the birth world. So what I found this week and I wanted to share is this interactive map of the cost of birth around the world and uh, we'll include a link to it in the show notes. It's from parents.com. It's pretty it's cool. I'm, basi- looking, I'm yeah. looking at it right now. It's basically just this map where you can hover over. Um, it's mostly industrialized nations. Like you won't see the cost of childbirth in many African nations or parts of um, like South America. But um, yeah, you just hover over and it'll tell you kind of the average cost. And I'm looking at the United States right now. And a normal delivery in the U.S. average cost is $10,808. Damn. And that's not a C-section birth. A C-section birth would be about $16,106. So, and if we look at the kind of the range, the U.S. is on the higher end. Yes. And so the highest country, I'll let you guys all guess. We'll do a drum roll. Brrr. Okay, guess is over. The country with the most expensive birth is Japan. 
where the average delivery is $61,000, almost $62,000 to deliver a baby. Holy shit. Holy shit. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll put I a link to this. there's a lot of single-child households. Good God. In Japan. <laughs> um, so we'll put a link to this in the show notes at diahpodcast.com. And, um, yeah, I dig this thing, Sarah, that you want to do sharing some resources. Yes. And for any of our international listeners, if you have a cool perspective to share on the average cost of birth or home birth, whatever, in your country, please email us um, at hello at diahpodcast.com to share. Uh, It's so fascinating to see how birth as an experience is so different around the world. Yeah. Cost just being one of the elements that is so uh, unique. In, in different environments. So I thought that was pretty cool. And we'll include that for you to to check out for your, your viewing pleasure. It's only 3200 bucks in Canada. Canada. Canada's hey. enormous, by the way. I've always known <laughs> it was big. But like the territory that Canada encompasses is freaking huge. Well. Yeah. They got to they gotta populate it, I guess. So that's why childbirth so. is <laughs> less expensive. Well, anyway. Well, one, one more thing before we get into the topic for Go today. Ahead. Um, Sarah and I are doing a lot of interviews with home birth moms, which you've probably heard on the show. And so we are, this is a call out to you. If you listening have a home birth story that you would like to share and uh, want to talk about it with us on the podcast, we would love to hear it. And the listeners would love to hear it as well. Um, you can shoot us an email at hello at D-I-A-H podcast. That's doing it at home podcast at gmail dot, wait, what is it? Sorry, I screwed the whole thing up. Hello at diahpodcast.com. Correct. That's that the email. It. That's the one. Yeah. And so, if, again, if you have a home birth story um, and you want to share it on the show, it would be fantastic just to give moms and families more stories, just real, raw perspective and insight as to what home birth is like. Um, and if you want to share yours, then shoot us an email and we'll make it happen. Yes, absolutely. And these stories are amazing and inspiring and it's so cool how each of them are so unique and beautiful yeah. in their own right. And, you know, here I thought we were providing this platform for women and families to share their stories, which we are. Uh, at the same time, though, it is impacting me greatly as a mom, as a woman, as a, you know, home birth mom. It's it's amazing, these stories. And they're they're having – they're leaving a huge mark on me. So it's, it's awesome. Yeah, and, and so our intention is to be publishing – uh, at least one story every week. Yes. And so we'll be doing two episodes a week, um, one of which will be a a mom's birth story, yes. home birth story. Mm-hmm. So again, if that's you, if you want to share yours, shoot us an email at hello at diahpodcast.com. And why don't we get into the topic for Let's today? Let's do it. All right, cool. So today I want to talk about, it's inspired by another article I found online, and it's from, from fitpregnancy.com. I like Fit Pregnancy. They've uh, featured us a couple of times. They've talked about us. The they're Instagram the ones. One? They're the ones that shared that picture of my belly and your belly that yeah. got really that uh, blew up. That got a lot of attention. <laughs> and then they also shared a picture of me in postpartum and how I was relating to postpartum life. So I, I've got some love for Fit Pregnancy. Thanks, y'all. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. 
to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. The article is titled Three Questions to Ask Yourself Before Giving Birth at Home. So I kind of took some of what they talk about in there and molded it into our version of that and instead shifted it to nine questions to ask yourself to consider if home birth is right for you. Yeah. So I've got the questions. We'll share them and then maybe share some of our feedback and what we experienced around our process of going through those questions. So if you are considering home birth or you know someone who's considering home birth, this would be a great episode to share with them um, to in their introspection process. Absolutely. Cool. So Let's kick the, it off. The first question is, how's your health? You know, how is your, your physical health? Uh, not just physical, though, your mental, emotional. Like, what's your mindset around how you are feeling as you move into your pregnancy? Uh Home birth would not be recommended for someone who is a super high risk pregnancy. That does not mean or that doesn't doesn't happen that higher risk women do have successful, beautiful home births. But it's just kind of um, more more. um, What am I trying to say? It's more it's just a more common suggestion to um, be at great health, you know, in, in, in all manners to go into a home birth. So that's something I would I would say you you start at is analyzing for yourself what kind of risks am I looking at potentially in my pregnancy how am I feeling about my pregnancy and what um what are what's my emotional and mental state around being pregnant and around giving birth so that'd be my suggestion is where to start like right out the gate yeah and I think it's important to assess your health across many dimensions not simply physical you know because because. What I experienced watching you and going through our pregnancy and birth is that it's it's an emotional experience. It's mentally taxing. It's spiritually. You, there's a spiritual investment involved. So understanding where you're at in your health physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually is going to be very important and will will just be a factor in your home birth if that's what you choose. So I love the fact that that's the kickoff question of just assessing where you're at, just being right. honest with yourself and being like, hey, this is where I'm at. And like Sarah said, doesn't mean that home birth is, is not ultimately going to be your option, but you know where you're at. Right, exactly. And I think once you do that, that moves nicely into the second question that we have here. And that's what's the most important thing for you to experience in your birth? Or what do you ultimately see your birth as? You know, it's kind of, you know, how do you envision it? Um and I think once you kind of analyze for yourself how you feel physically, emotionally, all those things, then that then you that ties into, okay, well, what do I want to experience in birth? And you can determine from that, does that mean it has to be in a certain place? And that yeah. might be the case. Based, you know, if, if um, part of your birth, the most important thing for you is to um, have backup plans or to have medical assistance if necessary – then a hospital might be more suitable for you. If the number one thing for you to experience in your birth is 
unassisted, unassisted environment and to be in your own home or to be in a place where you can control more of the elements, then home birth is probably going to be the best accommodating space for that. Yeah, I mean, I know for us, we, you know, if you, if you haven't heard our, our home birth story, we started out with our pregnancy journey um, planning to give birth in a hospital. Right. You know, we had an OB for, for the first three months and we did all the visits and all those great things. But we then started to look at, okay, what do we, what does our birth look like? What do we want it to look like? What's our vision for our birth? And one of the biggest things was environment. Right. One of the biggest things was environment. We wanted to have soft lighting. We wanted to have, you know, candles. We wanted to have music and just be very relaxed and very chill. And when we shared those different things with our OB, he just said, cool, that's awesome. That's not how we do things over here. And, you know, he said it in a very cool way. We really enjoyed the guy. But we, we, we said, okay, so that's high on our priority list. Yes. And once we understood what our priorities were for, for our birthing experience, it just kind of became like, all right, well, what are our options now? Mm-hmm. And again, I, if, you, if you haven't heard our story, I was not for home birth right. at first. I was not. I just had all the fears about, well, what if this? What if, you know, all, all the things that you're, you might be thinking right now if you're considering a home birth and you're on the fence. I had those thoughts as well. But as we went through a process of envisioning what we wanted, getting very clear as to the experience and the outcome, beginning with the end in mind, so to speak, it just, for, for me, it became more and more clear that a home environment was going to give us all of the opportunities to have the birth experience we wanted. And that came about because of this second question, you know, what's the most important thing for you to experience during birth? Yes, absolutely. I think that's such an important question for moms to answer because so many like us just go into what they think they should do or what's just expected and don't really take that time to consider, well, what do I really want out of this? You know, this is my birth, my pregnancy, my baby, my family. Uh, so even if you end up at the same place, you know, you, you still end up wanting to deliver at a hospital, at least you've taken the time to envision this experience for yourself and what you want out of it. Yeah, so that you can have the most powerful experience wherever yes. you choose. Yes. But yes. it's all about your choice and and creating the experience that you want that's right for you and your family. And, you know, this is a podcast about home birth. We talk about home birth in this podcast, but we are not saying that home birth is the option for everyone. We're not saying that it's the, it's the best thing for everyone and we aren't going to push somebody towards a home birth who it's, it's just not right for them. So this podcast is all about empowering you, Mm. empowering you to choose what's best for you and your family and what you want to experience. It's about informing you and providing you with resources and and giving you opportunities to hear stories because home birth isn't for everyone, but it might be for a lot of people who are choosing otherwise. Right. Yes. I love that you said that. So the third question here on the list is, as you consider potentially home birth, who would you be working with? You know, would you be working with a midwife, doulas, a combination of the two? Uh, Where do you seek out or find these people? So thinking about who you want as the facilitator for the birth. Um, And if you are doing a home birth and that's what you're considering, you know, you'll you'll want to line that up. You'll you'll probably need to be a little bit more proactive and a little bit more involved in that process of selecting who it is that you work with and to create that relationship. Because one thing I found in our experiences, 
the the midwife process more than anything was a relationship building. Oh yeah, which you know the the process of the OB was the same. It was yes, different kind of relationship. It was d- different kind of relationship, but I'm, I you know I don't want to discount the uh, effort that he put in, and I'm Absolutely. sure a, a lot of OBs put in to form a relationship with the people that they're going to you know their their patients or whatever whatever they call them clients patients the families right um but yeah i mean just i mean just on 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 the surface we probably spent each each appointment what 10 times longer with the with the midwives oh yeah i mean literally it was you know an hour plus mm-hmm. versus 10 minutes yes so right six times longer Maha. okay I'm not a math wizard, so I would have been like, oh, yeah, sure, you got it. That's, that's fine. Uh, number four, where is your partner in all of this? Your partner, your husband, your boyfriend, fiance, wh- how do they feel about this process? So you've you've thought about what you want, what you don't want to envision, who you might work, work with. Maybe now there needs to be a discussion on aligning with a, a common – purpose and common mission in this birth and birthing process you know maybe people need to share some fears or some hesitations or whatever it is to create a space where you are both you know on a strong team together I think uh, moving into especially a home birth requires synergy amongst the mom and dad absolutely absolutely because there's I think there there's a great potential for fears to pop up any pregnancy. Yes. Whether you're you're thinking about home birth or hospital, whatever, fears can crop up. And one of the biggest things in in working with that is just communicating them and talking about them. And it's totally cool. I mean, fellas, it's totally cool for you to be scared. Like drop the macho shit. Like it's you're going to be scared. You know what I mean? I, I just think that it's it's so much healthier to share what you're feeling. Put it out there so that you can process it, so that your partner can process it, so that you two can then become stronger, more aligned in what you want out of this experience. And, you know, a lot of my, I think the a lot of the, the, the fears I had were, first of all, they were a lack of understanding. It was just, I didn't understand something, so I feared it. But had I not shared those things with you and just gone ahead with whatever we would have given birth in a hospital Mm. i absolutely believe like we would have given birth in a hospital you know but we went through the process of communicating and sharing what we were what we were open for and up to and i was able to let go of them and you were able to see that wow my man has he's dissolved these fears and as soon as i was on board fully with home birth you fully got on board yeah i think you were about 70 percent for most of of the time we were doing research but when I got 100% you got 110%. Yeah, cuz I felt supported, I felt emboldened yeah. and more prepared and uh, having that backing and support is is really crucial in in the process I would say and as far as communication, I think that experience gave us a lot of opportunities to rep our communication with each other. Oh yeah. Um, absolutely. Being pregnant and going through that process I think magnifies areas where you have opportunities to grow and learn. And then especially now being on the other side of birth with a baby, babies like exponentially grow and reveal the areas where you aren't 
fully tight where you don't have your shit together fully, babies will reveal that. And so anywhere where you can get more aligned as a couple and as a team, it's so crucial to take those opportunities and really like power through them. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm going to speak to the, to the partners, to the dads um, again, because, you know, our voices aren't always heard or our voices aren't always even asked to be heard. So true. You're not considered a lot in, yeah. the, in the process in general. Which I get. I mean, you know what I mean? Like you guys are the ones who are sure. giving birth. So I understand that so much of the focus is around the mom and the baby. But for, for the fellas, you know, find your outlet. Whether it's it's your your buddies, whether it's a, a doctor, whether it's you know us on the podcast, e- email like, us. <laughs> yeah, e- you know, email email us. We'll set up a you know, you and I can have a phone call. Whatever it is, like, find your outlet to be able to express how you're truly feeling about the pregnancy, about the upcoming birth, about the new role of being a father. I mean, there's there's tons of groups out there. Like, use them because it it just it really does help you to become the most powerful partner that you can be for your spouse, for your girlfriend, for you know whomever it is. When you can release some of that that emotional weight, you know, and and I'm a guy who spent the vast majority of his life not sharing anything. You had to dig stuff out of me to get to it, but I I think. God, that I started to open up and loosen up, you know, before we got into this process of being pregnant and, and giving birth, because I think it just allowed me to be the the partner that you needed when it mattered when baby Maya was being born. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's awesome. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Uh, number five, are you prepared to go no drugs? You know, if you're in this process of considering home birth, that is a very real, one of the largest aspects of home birth is there's no uh, intervention as far as uh, medical pain relief. You know, you won't be hooked up to an epidural. You know, there isn't going to be a Pitocin drip for your contractions to move you along. Um, Whatever else they use, I'm not really sure, but that's not going to be there. So if you're considering it, you've probably already put yourself in the stage of understanding that that won't be there. But rather than looking at what won't be there as options, think about and tap into what you do have as options. You can tap into your strength, your your awesomeness, your goddess, female, divine flow. And I looked at being able to feel every aspect of the labor experience as a huge advantage because I knew what was going on in my body and I could feel every like fiber of what was happening. And to some, that's a huge, you know, up in in the game of, of giving birth. And for others, that does not sound appealing and you would rather have the option of, of drugs, of, of the, the pain relief and, that's just something to consider, you know, talk that out with yourself, how you feel about that. Think about how you know yourself to be and how you've known yourself to be in other potentially uh, painful sensation type situations and what what you're willing to to do. You know, one of the one of the most eye opening things that I, that I learned during when we were meeting with the midwives and we were talking about that. And um, I don't know the, the scientific workings of all of this stuff but 
I just remember Debbie talking about how genius the body is at knowing when to release certain hormones, when to to release certain chemicals so that you are able to do your amazing thing and give birth. And, you know, releasing this at this moment so that your body feels a sense of euphoria, releasing this at that moment so that your body feels a sense of relaxation. You know, your body knows what to do. Yeah, it's nature's cocktail of, yeah. of natural pain relievers and receptors and, and all, all the things. And, you know, I mean, it doesn't mean that, that things aren't uncomfortable. Right, it doesn't mean you still don't feel it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying that, like, your body... That again, that was one of the things that I really appreciated, you know, getting that lesson and hearing it for myself. Like, okay, wow, you know, your body when you're when you're tuned into it, when you're aware of all the different, you know, the sensations that are going on, like your body is going to show up for you during your birth. So my my recommendation to that, you know, asking yourself if you're prepared to go no drugs as you're in your consideration process and you're you're exploring. Look at things like meditation, hypnosis, like hypnobabies, um, yoga, ways to tap into your breathing and see what that's what that does for you. If that's something that you enjoy and you want to explore further as to how you could utilize those things to support you in birth, then I think you're probably leaning more towards wanting to have a home birth. You know, it just takes some takes some self-awareness and um, faith in, in trust in, in yourself. Let's move on to number six. Number six, kind of how we kicked off this episode. Costs. You know, that's that's something to consider as you're deciding whether or not you want to do hospital or home birth. Home birth, um, from what I know and what I understand, especially in the States, a lot of it is not covered by insurance. Um, so you'd probably be paying out of pocket. I mean, what that is, was the case for us. Yes, it was. And paying out of pocket was still cheaper than a hospital birth would have been with insurance. That's true, yeah. Very, yes. Uh, yeah, so that's that's an aspect to think about. Um, ideally, cost is not part of your decision-making process in birth. You know, you definitely don't want to be looking for a bargain <laughs> with your <laughs> with your birthing <laughs> process. Um, you know, it just takes part of your your family planning and and what what's going to align best with 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 that but you know it's it's something to think about as you as you move along in the in the pregnancy you know i I like that you just you put it under the umbrella of family planning yeah because it is i mean the cost of 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 raising a family of having a baby i mean you probably factor that into before you guys got pregnant you know it's like okay are we financially set up to be able to raise a baby right and so that same sort of conversation can be had around the pregnancy like what you know? What do the finances look like? What <clears throat> what do we have to be able to put towards a you know the, the the birth, you know? And that's something that I think is is just being proactive. I think it's being um, mature and intelligent and, and just approaching this whole process with you know from the most powerful perspective, from the most powerful point. Agreed. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... 
To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Okay, number seven. What's your backup plan? You know, as you sit and consider home birth, start to think about what what it looks like to have backup plans, not to have an emergency frame of mind, not to think like that in a worst case scenario, but to be proactive and to cover your basis and to just feel fully supported and know that, okay, this is the plan and this is our, you know, our, and they, there's something about like best laid plans, whatever, um, you you know you know what's going to happen from there you know that you'll be transported to x y or z you know that so and so will be there and will be your backup and you know all of that just creates a lot of security and peace of mind and I think those are huge to have not only when you're pregnant but especially when you know that labor is starting and that a baby's entrance into the world is imminent you want to feel secure and you don't want to be going through a decision-making process of what do you do next that's already been laid down. So as you consider home birth, think about what your backup plan will be. Yeah, and I mean, you, you there's a backup plan if you give birth in a hospital. Sure. You know, for most people, it's the intention is to give birth vaginally and just push it out. And the backup plan is, okay, well, we might have to go in there and, and, and um, you know, cut you. And so for us, for me, when, you know, the fears, some of the fears that I had were the what if fears. Right. Well, well, you know, you had a hernia surgery. Mm-hmm. So a couple years ago. And it's in a it's in the area kind of like right near your pubic bone. And I'm thinking, OK, well, what if something happens and Sarah starts to bleed? What if uh, the baby comes out and, and needs some sort of medical attention? What if all that crap, right? All that crap was flowing through my head. I was able to move beyond those partly because of having a solid backup plan Mm -hmm. and just being like, you know what, if anything happens, I trust in the midwives. I know that they're going to be able to to see things happen before we actually before it becomes an emergency and we have backup plan A, backup plan B. And so for us, for example, just go ahead and share our backup plan. Yeah, you know, so we 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 intended to give birth at home. And about, what, four or five miles away from us is a hospital. Yes. Um, this hospital was not home birth friendly. Right. So they did not, in, they did not like families coming in who had, you know, who, who needed emergency transport from right. a home birth. However, they were there. And not like they're going to refuse us. They might have just been dicks about it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that was, no, that was actually, okay, let me back up. But that was plan C. That was plan C yeah. because plan A was to give birth in home. Plan B was to go to the Dr. Boots Taylor yes. in Atlanta. And, you know, we live about 40 minutes away from his hospital. Yes. And so we would have, you know, again, the midwives would have seen something and, and said, okay, we, it's probably a smart idea to transport. So we would have driven the 40 minutes to the hospital. And, you know, he he and his staff and his practice, um, they you know, he's, he's an OB, but he also works with midwives, midwives. and home birth families. So... That was plan B. And then plan C was the unfriendly hospital right down the street. 
So we had these these contingency plans. Like if something if something seems kind of like it's a miss, and we just want to be precaut, you know, take the the precaution. We'll travel to the faraway place. Mm-hmm. If we really need something right now, we're gonna go to the close hospital. So those things really helped me to be like, okay, we've got our bases covered. Right. And I didn't think about them at all afterwards. Like once we had the backup plan, it was like, cool. I know it's them. there. Yeah, you yeah, can just release it. Release those fears, release that anxiety and be like, I know that the backup plan is there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I learned this too, talking to our midwives, in most scenarios of home birth, when there is a transfer, it's not an emergency situation. A lot of it is the mom is just exhausted. Mom is complete with with that experience and, you know, wants to move into, you know, either get a epidural or to have a C-section. So it's exhaustion is probably yeah. one of the biggest reasons for transfer. And they assured me and I trusted them that they would know early enough on if it looked like a transfer was a smart idea for anything other than my exhaustion and we would make it to Boots Taylor. And that's what I wanted, obviously, because if I did have to be transferred, I wanted to be in an environment that supported our decision yeah yeah and the like kind of holy shit we need to transfer you uh situations you know she shared with me are are more rare and you know it would yeah yeah i I had trust that it would be cool so that's the backup plan cool number eight two more two more we'll breeze through these last two number eight what are your fears Mm. around birth you know we touched on that a little bit in the beginning and, you know, some of those might come up as you answer the rest of these questions. You know, what I have a fear about this. Take the time to just bleh, like bleh, get, get them out, out there, get like, them out. vomit them out and look at them and, and analyze them, explore them, maybe see what the root of some of those fears might be. You know, I going into home birth kind of had a fear around what if um, Maya was born with the umbilical cord around her neck. And I had that fear because I was born with the umbilical cord around my neck and Everyone in my family, including my mom, has programmed me over the years since a child to believe that it was such a big deal and that it was so dangerous and that, you know, I was on the brink of like brain damage and potentially not living because the cord was wrapped around my neck. And what did your mom say? What was the first thing that your mom said when we told her that we're doing a home birth? She said, if you were a home birth baby, you wouldn't be alive. And then the very first, this is not an accident, the very first home birth video we watched from our midwives included a baby with a cord wrapped around its neck just like mine was. And what did the, what did the midwife the midwife do? so calmly and so gangster-like just, oh, like unwrapped it as the baby came out. It wasn't even like baby came out, oh my God, there's a cord, and unwrapped, like unwrapped it as the baby came out. And I saw that and I just thought, wow, okay, cool. I, my paradigm has been shifted. I see a different possibility and I'm going to release that fear because that is just taking up way too much valuable real estate in my brain that this idea that I wouldn't be alive and I don't subscribe to that belief anymore and um, I'm a little frustrated at times thinking about that that idea was reinforced on me over the years by like friends and family or whatever and I just think um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating, those fears that we have from when we're younger. So, you know, like my process that I just explained, think about what might be at the root of some of those fears. Maybe there are some really unfounded things that other people have implanted in your brain. So that's an extreme possibility. Yeah, and I, I just I don't have much more to add other than <laughs> it's such a, a worthwhile um, activity to just sit down and get those fears out. 
Yeah. Talk about them. Write them down. If you're a journaler, write them all down. Uh, I think I did that at least one time. Just wrote all the fears down and look at them for what they are. And then yeah. you'd be like, okay. Then thank them. Thank them. Release them. But let them know, you know, I'm working with you now. I'm dealing with you now. But you are not invited on birthday. Mm. You are not invited in the space. So yep. peace out. All right. Number, number nine. Number last nine, one. Number nine. Uh, how much do you trust your body and the process? I recommend just like the fears, writing that out. How do you feel about your body and its ability to have conceived life and now hold it and eventually birth it? Like, how do you feel about that? You know, affirm yourself in this in this stage of your your decision making process. Build yourself up. Talk about how awesome and and beautiful and like perfectly designed your body is to do exactly what it's doing, and. How, how would you recommend someone trust or assess their trust in their body? Great question. Great question. I think it's through what I just said, the affirmation. So I think by by building yourself up, you create that trust and you you analyze what that trust means for you. So if you know that your trust might be sort of at a lukewarm level. Or you're not sure. You're like, I don't even sure. really know what that means. Like, do I even trust my body? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I would say, like, talk to your body, like, you know, or write it out, you know, and talk to baby. You know, baby has a say in this process, too. You know, babies come at the time they want to when they are allowed to. So open a dialogue between you and baby as to, like, this is my intention to experience this or I'm thinking about having this experience for your birthday. Like, how do you feel about that? Mm-hmm. When you, you know, let's work together to create the most awesome, you know, welcoming party for you into the world. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. I like that too. (laughs) Excellent. Cool. That's the list. Those are our nine questions and things to consider when you're thinking about home birth and if it's the best option for you. And we'll write this list down and have it in the show notes so you could just like a quick reference to it. Yeah. Or if you want to like print it out and answer them yourself, you could do that. Yeah, and you know, these aren't the only nine. There's obviously a no, lot more questions. And, absolutely. And maybe we'll do another episode where we go into a couple of other questions that, that pop up. And, um, you know, there's a lot of things to consider. And it's just going, taking the time to, to think it out and uh, inform yourself and empower yourself and then making the choice that's best for you and your family. Yes, absolutely. So if there's any questions, you know, like Matthew said, these are not the only ones that you yourself are asking or you did ask as you were planning your home birth, share them with us. Hit us up at hello at diahpodcast.com, like we mentioned earlier. Um, Or you can um, shout out to me on Instagram. I've been receiving so much love on Instagram from all of you listeners and women who have been inspired by the show. Uh, It means so much. Please keep, you know, sharing and commenting and everything. Um, I'm on Instagram at Sarah M. Bibbins, S-A-R-A-H, M as in Mary Bibbins. Are there any underscores or anything? Nope. It's just all cool. Sarah M. Bibbins. That's Sarah me. M. Bibbins. Yep. And, uh, and once again, if you are a mom who's, who's had a home birth and you want to share your story, we would love to hear it and publish it in an episode and get your story out there. Um, and also, you get a chance to, to recount and recall the story and you get a little... Keepsake. Keepsake. Yeah, we're going to give you the episode and you get to keep that and share it with your kid when they're older and will appreciate it. You can embarrass them on prom night. Be like, let's listen to little oh, Joey's home birth story. <laughs> That'd be awesome. So yeah, if that's you, if, you, if you're if you interested, shoot us an email. 
hello at diahpodcast.com. Hello. Thanks, y'all. Thanks so much for hanging out. Oh, I just yelled. That is, You've yelled twice have, today. Have I really? Yeah. I'm born and raised in Florida. Now here I am living in Atlanta, yelling people, I mean, there's, cooking there's, collard greens. There's parts of Florida where that happens. That's very true. Very true. One another my, episode. Another podcast. <laughs> we love Florida, by the way, and Sarah's from Florida. I'm from South Florida. That's really not even Florida. I'm like I'm like the Miami. That's not really Florida. One of my friends once, he was from, I think he's from Wisconsin, and he, he used to say Florida is, is where uh, jean shorts and mullets were invented. <laughs> Again, that is like northern Florida. Well, be careful now saying stuff like that. <laughs> we got to end this. Yeah, we, we end do. This now. Thank you again so much. We love you all. We love and you, Floridians. We, yes. Oh, for sure. So fly. Uh, we will catch you in the next episode. Thanks. Peace. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.